Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, a dear friend and a returning Tully Show guest. His new special, Maybe I'm a Man, debuts June 8th on Comedy Central, and next weekend he will be appearing at Cluster Fest in San Francisco. Hello, and welcome back, Julian McCullough. Hey, I can talk now. You can. You are free to speak. How's it going, Mike? The intro, Thanks for having me. The intro only takes up about half of the show, and <laughs> I encourage I encourage the guests to do whatever it, they want in the second it half. It should take up half the show. It's a great intro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've done a lot of radio, and that's up there. What um, you have, you're wearing a t-shirt from your podcast. Which I is, am, the soft spot. My grandfather made this shirt for me, because I can't get my shit together. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that out before I started attacking your shirt. Yeah. Well, I actually, it's a great shirt, it's just funny how the rules no longer apply like a rock band wearing their own shirt oh yeah well i wore a different podcast shirt at first this morning and i'm like you know what i never own my own stuff mm-hmm. like i never i'm always like right. embarrassed about my career yeah. so i was wearing a beyond yacht rock shirt and i was like why am i promoting beyond yacht rock so what's beyond yacht rock is that the it, the guys who invented yacht rock for real because mm-hmm. it's been co-opted and stolen a million times in terms of like the well so, you guys have so a, the serious xm channel we did not make that up are you joking yes okay because <laughs> they are furious about it um are they really they're not furious like uh for real for real they're mad yeah. that the quality control of it isn't where it should be in, in other words they play a lot of yacht rock on the sh- on the channel uh. and that's what they're purists so they mm-hmm. They're like, we defined what it is, and you're not listening to what we say it is, so you're playing a bunch of... They're, they're essentially just playing soft rock mm. and calling it Yacht Rock. Where do you, where do you draw the line? Because believe it or not, I've been in conversations with some of the um, the brain trust behind the SiriusXM Yacht Rock uh-huh. channel, and they would... I haven't spent enough time with the channel, nor am I enough of an expert on the subgenre to really weigh in, mm-hmm. but they'll tell you... Well, Hall and Oates have X number of hits, but only Y number qualify as Yacht Rock, and let me tell you So why. they know better? And they're doing it anyway? I don't understand. No, no, they would tell you that they have been discriminating on the basis of, is this truly Yacht Rock and not just Soft Rock? Or at least, I don't huh. know, when I had this conversation- Maybe they're improving ago. it, but I, I mean, yeah. I follow everything on Twitter about this, and like, Yacht Rock itself is still like, what are they doing? They'll still play Brandy. Uh, which is or like uh, they'll play so, because it's the wrong kind of boat. <laughs> no, it's first of all the entire. It's funny that you're asking. Like you're, we're we're kind of getting into what it would be. What is yacht rock and yeah. not? And, and the funny thing is that's what their whole show is. So asking me that is like asking the the big question. It's like they they have a scale, mm-hmm. and mainly I'll try to condense it as fast as quickly as I can. It's sophisticated jazz influenced. Um, pop music from the from 1976 to 1984 so if you, that if, long yeah 84 84 they cut it off at 84 so I are think we they, counting like caribbean queen no that is not yacht rock at all it's not rock it's, again it's, i just i guess i'm just assuming soft things that have water in, yeah in no the title. exactly and that's the problem like for example margaritaville is absolutely 1000 percent not yacht rock 
even though it's about, you know, it sounds like an island type thing. Margaritaville is a cleverly disguised country song. Yeah, he's very, Jimmy Buffett's very country. Yeah. He's, he's mostly, I think he's basically a country musician. And I feel like lost in the, there's a lot of reasons to be down on I'm going to take that back. I called him a musician. He's a country, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Margaritaville I have, is a terrific song. Yeah, I I have decided to step take a step back on my Jimmy Buffett problem mm-hmm. and and just understand that people like him and I don't need to be so angry about it. I think we talked about this like 2 years ago that they have the retirement communities they're planning. They do, yeah. Yeah. And uh I bet it's going to be real diverse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it'd be so funny if just as a joke when the people move in on the first day that it's open, they had already as a joke installed like 40% black families and <laughs> just seen the reaction when people move in. What about if you accidentally died at a Jimmy Buffett? Like, that's among the short... Oh, if you're, like, delivering a pizza? Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> that's If you move there, it's because that's how you want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... God, I just... I want to have this conversation again. It's just so amazing because you're... It's... I guess any time you move yourself or your, you know doddering dad into a retirement community Mm -hmm. the conversation that you're dancing around is how do we want this person to die right yeah and hopefully it's not by stepping on a pop top but i think that's pop top is that it's in it's a lyric from margaritaville oh my god see i'm a babe in the woods because i don't i don't have like baggage when it comes to a pop top is a a metal uh oh yeah a bottle of beer yeah oh i love beer yeah yeah so he steps on a pop top and busts his flip-flop that's one of the lyrics and you call it a great song <laughs> no, it's a great song. Lyrically, it is a great song. Lyrically, maybe somewhat lacking. It's a solid country song. It's a really solid country yeah. song with a really solid chorus, and the fact that they do lean so heavily on like folksy wisdom, mm-hmm. the, the, it's a perfect marriage of melody and lyric. To say some people claim there's a woman to blame, but I don't. That's right. a really solid but country. But it could be my fault. Well, he says in the beginning of the song, mm. he is kind of on the he's he's kind of agreeing that it's a woman's fault. But then at the end, he the the last um I don't know what you call it, last uh, chorus. chorus or whatever verse. Yeah. He says, "But it could be my fault." Oh. So he's like I thought he just says it's my own damn fault. Oh, right. I think I think he I think Does he, he get there by the end? He gets there. I wow. think he gets to it's my own damn fault, which I think he shows is cool. growth. Yeah, it shows growth. <laughs> no, I and other, also whenever I I get too carried away with criticizing anything, I'm like, well, I didn't fucking write Margaritaville, so who am I? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of where I come from. Is I I can't help but be a contrarian, and because I have made fun of Jimmy Buffett, is that your phone? No. What the hell is that? I don't, your office phone is oh ringing. My... <laughs> Has this ever happened? Do we no. have a call in? We have. Our studio apparently has a phone for starters. That's, Let me see. Hold this on. has never can happened I, before. No, can I put him on speaker? Is it Jimmy Buffett? Oh, I guess Do we're it. on speaker. Hello. Hello. Oh yeah, that was that important robocall I was waiting for. Oh, okay. I was so excited, like it was uh, a representative from Jimmy Buffett's people. Right. <laughs> I don't feel like you guys are giving the retirement community a chance. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm just such a contrarian that I just assumed it was a piece of shit, and then I heard it on like a jack station, and I was like, Pfft. I mean, everything else seems like garbage. But it's there's... not so much. It's also not my biggest problem. Isn't with Margaritaville? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that song doesn't really even bother me that much. Margaritaville to me is like, um, uh, what's it? Joke. It's a Steve. Miller Band, Joker. What's that one? Yeah, I'm a Joker. I'm a is it called the, jo- the Joker? It is called the Joker. Uh, well, that's a piece of shit. Well, t- it's like 
those those uh, iconic songs that people really I don't know. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I don't think it's a bad song, but if you go into further into Jimmy Buffett's stuff, he gets real ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I can't stand Cheeseburger in Paradise. I can't stand. I'm going to uh, take your word for it on that one. Yeah, uh, stuff like that. But you know what? I, I'm I'm taking a step back. I appreciate that he. Here's the thing: when he his first album has a song that I really genuinely love called "Come Monday." It's like his first. Uh, it's like a, almost a ballad, and he's missing his lady, and it's I really like it a lot. Now, did he come out of the box, Jimmy Buffett, or he had he not quite? Found I don't think so. I think he thing. came out thinking I'm going to be taken seriously as a country singer. I see. Okay, and then. And and even then it was it was pop. I mean, he wasn't trying to be a real legit country singer. I mean, even even to the pop side of of like the Eagles, he was like not. But but you recognize country writing in the song, and yeah, th- that's there. But he when he first came out, he was like real scruffy looking, and uh, you know, trying to look like a singer songwriter from the seventies. You know, like a like a Chris Christopherson or something like that. And then I think he just wrote a couple of songs about island escapism, and it really took off and he was like i think i'm gonna just do this and just went for it and now he's a billionaire you know he's got the whole he's got the the restaurants margaritavilles he's got a cheeseburger in paradise uh um chain he's got the retirement community happening and basically what he keyed in on is the tribalism that everybody's into anymore and kind of has always been but where uh People know if they go to retire at the Jimmy Buffett community, they're going to be around a bunch of people that are just like them, that think yeah. like them, that are right. going, to, going to have similar opinions, yeah. and that's how they want to die. And that's why I made the joke about having black families there, because if you go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, I'm sorry, and at me, you're free to it online, you know, there aren't very many at all. Yeah, or just even women, probably, who came there very well. Oh, no, women love him. Oh, really? Yeah, he has a lot of women fans. I just, I, I think I've said this before, he just, to me, he's like the, the human incarnation of an old dude's rule t-shirt. Old guy's rule. <laughs> That's also true, but whenever you see an old dude's rule T-shirt, there's always a woman next to him. Yeah, I guess those guys. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say those guys get laid, but those guys do get get married. Yeah, they, they're the they, marrying sort. Exactly. They tinker. They fix things up, and they 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 make sure you have life insurance. God, I'm that guy. <laughs> I realize I'm totally the marrying. Yeah. Guy. I hate to think that my wife. Uh, I think that my wife loves me, but it's occurred to me recently that. You know, they say, "Oh, that's the guy that you fuck, and that's the guy that you marry." Oh, I would. And you're hate, the marrying guy. I would hate to think that my wife oh, that's so ever funny. had because I never had like um, a really practical thought about her. You know, like I mean, I certainly, I guess, on some level, thought subconsciously. Yeah, I don't think she's like a criminal. I don't think that she's gonna, you know, murder me in my sleep or anything <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. So there were certain practical for considerations. Not thinking, for, the, for the fact <laughs> that you don't think those things, uh, it's weird that they came up first. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I, I I eliminated the really the the real core deal breakers in any long term relationship because uh-huh. I dated a couple of women who might have murdered me in my sleep, and I knew that I would not marry that. Don't marry. Really? That, don't you marry dated a couple of women that would. Do, you don't look like a guy who's even dated those. I had my fun, Julian McCullough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I dated a couple of real dingbats, and, oh, I, good, and okay. I didn't kid myself about the level of dingbat that I was dating. There right. was one where I very I was a waiter, and she used to come in all and every she was gorgeous dude, and and she had a very unusual first name, and she was just a dingbat. And every oh, time man. I saw her, she was with a different dude, uh. and I was just like. And she was always nice to me. I mean, not surprising. She dated everybody. Yeah. But I was like, I just want to get on the boy go round. Ah. I just want to be on the boy go round. Wow. And I'm still such the marrying sword, Julian. It did. It did hurt when I got thrown off the boy go round, <laughs> despite the fact that I knew it was coming two years in advance. Yeah. You know. Um. But that was a, that was a great couple of weeks there. But I knew that was not the marrying sword. But I never consciously said like, this is. Uh, 
okay, Mike, this is the kind of girl that you should marry for the following seven bullet right. points. Right, yes, yes. And I f- fear that my wife may have with me. Ah, I see that. I okay. may just That's really pretty be big, uh, the little Mary. Revelation. Little... I, th- I I always used to say, um, if you didn't date anyone in your 20s that almost killed you, you are probably aren't a very interesting person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah I, had a, I, I, had, m- I had three. That's m- Well, mine were more like one night things. I had Oh, no, this, I like was in relationships. I had a strange You ever get punched in the face? By a girl? Yeah. No. Okay. How many times, how many women have punched just you? Just once. Just once punched. Mm-hmm. It was pretty great, actually. Uh, not to cut you off. No. Uh, but I was in, I was dating a woman in um, Bushwick, Brooklyn, back when it was still- Bushwick. Bushwick. Yeah. And one of, day of, we- Of Bill fame. Yeah. Yeah. And we we used to fight. It was just like an awful thing. It was it was it was like 2 years long, but I was never allowed to call her my girlfriend. It was like insane. So, uh one day we're having another enormous fight in her car on Graham Avenue, which is like a huge thoroughfare in Bushwick. So it's like packed, you know, and with traffic. And we get into, and finally at some point she goes like, "Fine, it's over. Get get the fuck out of my car." And I go, fine. And I never did before. I'd always stay and fight like a, like, you know, whatever. And finally I go, uh, fine. And I just get out of the car. We were right outside my apartment. So I just get out of the car and slam the door. And she could not believe that I got out of the car. Yeah, go. Yeah. She stops the car, gets out, puts it in park, gets out, and people start honking immediately. Like, what are you doing? You're holding up traffic, right? She comes around the, and, the, like, honk, like, now there's like six cars honking. You know, it's like a full scene. She comes around the side of the car. I don't know what she's going to do. And she just cracks me in the face. And everyone stops honking. <laughs> they were like, oh, all right. Well, if they're going to earn it, then we, you know, we'll all wait. We can wait a couple of lights to see what happens here. I was so shocked. And then she just turned back around, got back in her car and peeled out. And I was walking back to my apartment and like Dominican guys were like, are you okay, bro? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't talk to me. It was very embarrassing. It was the only thing she ever apologized for. I hate to say it, but the sex was good, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think yeah. you let yourself have ha- it happen to you? Because I feel like I've learned about you watching your special, Maybe I'm a Man, which is uh-huh. going to be on Comedy Central on, on June 8th. You yeah. moved around a lot when yeah. you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my parents were like, uh, they didn't have any money and they didn't want to join the system, quote unquote. So they were like, we would just go wherever they felt like things could be a little bit better. Uh-huh. You know, it was like Grapes of Wrath. You don't strike me as a full-on like product of gypsy people. Well, which I mean is a compliment. There's a little bit of a rebel part when you rebel against something. You rebel in in a certain way, and so I re- even though re- like my sister went to the mean. Yeah, 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 exactly. My sister went full corporate, and I do stand up, which is pretty scary and chaotic and unstable. But I, you know, I'm not as contrarian. I'm way more willing to sell out than they ever were. Yeah, you ended up in New Jersey. Yeah, South Jersey point. by Philly. Yeah, and I guess I know you as a product of that. I didn't know. So by the time you got there, you had lived in San Francisco. We, had, I was born in Philly. Then we went to uh, Portland, Oregon. Then Eugene, Oregon. Then um, Oakland. Then San Francisco. Then Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and then uh, South Jersey. So you were a man of the world by the time you got back to South Jersey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in my experience, Jersey does not cotton to people. Oh, no, they hated it. I was like, are you going to recycle that? And I got hit in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always say, you know, I get my sarcasm and my humor from uh, 
from Jersey, but I get my uh, social awareness from from California because growing up in the Bay Area, I like new gay people and stuff like that. And yeah. in South Jersey, like I, I, when I graduated from high school, and this was in the in the late nineties, but even back then, like it was unheard of that somebody would be like openly gay, for example. And yeah. and then I know who was gay later, you know, because they are adults and everything like that. But I, I was like shocked. There were like six in my class. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, I can't believe that many kids had to hide it. But, you know, it happened, that's the way it was. It happened pretty fast. I went to high school in the mid-90s on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And there were a couple of kids who didn't hide it, mm-hmm. but they sure didn't own it. Right, yeah. Nobody brought a boyfriend to prom. Yeah. And nobody would have even but considered even it. But Manhattan. Yeah. Is still the Northeast in general. Yeah, that's you know? a fair point. And it's not it's the Northeast is like rednecks, but with bigger buildings. And uh, and I love the Northeast, and they're my people. But yeah. like, there's a lot of racism. There's a lot of homophobia. A lot of it's very casual and not mean spirited. Some of it is though. You know. Yeah. Well, th- but I think you're right. I think it's more of a chronology thing than mm-hmm. it is a cultural thing. Well, there's also uh, I don't want to bring Trump into this, but. When Omarosa got out of the White House, and I certainly don't want to bring her into this, I remember her saying... Now You're I'm, terrible at not bringing things into this. <laughs> I know, I know. Wait till I have my own show and I can control what we talk about. <laughs> that they said, is Trump racist? Wait, sorry, whose show is this? Uh, I, I don't know if she was on... Uh, oh, oh, you were making a joke yeah, about yeah, this, this is, already is your own show. Yeah, exactly. I, that, oh my God, I'm getting old because that's the first time sarcasm went over my head in 10 years. Oh, it's early. Oh, God it's damn early. it. Drink some coffee. You'll Can we take fine. that out? <laughs> okay, Omarosa. Um, she um, said, they, somebody I think on Big Brother, which is where she went straight, straight from the White House because it's 2018, um, they said, is Trump racist? And she said, he is not racist in, in her experience, but he is very racial. And I think a lot right. of people have a problem with that. And I think if you're from that part of the world, you can really understand how there's a certain kind of old school person who just, you know, I, I, the example I always use is I remember when the Portuguese started buying homes mm-hmm. not too far away from me, nobody had a problem. The Portuguese fix up their houses. The right. Portuguese. You're categorizing are, you're, more so than yeah. hating or being prejudiced. You're you're reading books by their by their covers, Cover. but you're not necessarily you know, assigning value. Well, the man who I think talked about that issue, the smartest and funniest and best is Colin Quinn and his special, uh, he has uh, his first special, um, something America. I don't remember, but basically he talks about that, that being from New York, cause he's from, uh, Queens yes. born and raised. And that ever, that's, that's exactly, that's how it's just done. Mm-hmm. Everybody, qualifies each other by where they're from and what they look like and their cultural patterns but that doesn't mean that there's actual because also racism is institutionalized and all that and a lot of those different groups are all being the subject of racism in their every day and that's why they have to struggle so much to get anywhere yeah in terms of hating each other that's like up to each individual one or whatever right but they still even the ones that don't hate each other still look at each other like oh well that's a dominican they do this that and that right right which is like it's called culture. Like I don't know why you can't call it for what it is. Like you know, I just think that that uh, the the um, the left do themselves a disservice by just and both sides are guilty of this in a million different ways of just muddying the water yeah. on on this stuff. If if you you gotta if if anything bad is as bad as the worst bad thing, then just the concept of bad becomes. Sort of loses its meaning exactly, yeah. you know, and 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 um, 
being racial, mm-hmm. as many 70-year-old men that I've encountered are president, I'm willing to believe that yeah. is true of him, and also most of the old men that I met right. in New Jersey, I don't consider them hateful people. I right. also think that it's an old way that it has sort I of suffer out, from it. My fiance is younger comedy, than I am. Go to She's, a comedy club. I know. I know. My, my fiance is younger than I am, and she... she doesn't it doesn't bother her really but she does point it out she's like whenever i make like a racial comment mm-hmm. not a racist comment but a racial comment yeah she will she always says okay jurors you know because it's, it's just true. like that way of looking at the world yeah um and it is old-fashioned and it is i am trying to grow out of it at the same time you know there are patterns of behavior across cultures and yeah. as long as, as you're you said, not there's, there's cultures yeah it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. And but, it's also an East Coast thing. I'm sorry, real quick, because this is very different from people who weren't raised around there. It is the the, the melting pot ha- yeah. is, is or at least was when we were growing up less melted around there. And like, yeah, the Polish part of town was, was easy to tell yeah. from the Italian right. part of town. I know. And you're an idiot if you're acting like you can't tell the difference yeah. in the patterns of like speech or- To be or, Pollyanna-ish about yeah, it. Or yeah, or the clothes, whatever it is. Um, and- <laughs> Yeah, but to get to the um, oh, the other thing is like a lot of a lot of this is exasper- exacerbated by because I tour the country all the time, and in the middle of the country, there's so many places where they really just don't have other types of people. Yeah, you know, so like race there is a real, believe it or not, more hot button issue because it's all it's all conceptual, right? And no one wants to think of themselves as a, themselves as a racist, and since they don't even know one, they get super offended if you say they are racist because they're like how could i be racist i don't even know one but it, it, it there is still that like tribal way of thinking and yeah they are <laughs> you know what i mean in a lot of yeah. ways you know? it's interesting you could almost just talk about you know politics and society and just split things into things people have strong opinions about because they're they directly affect their lives yeah and then things people have strong opinions about that don't have a goddamn thing yeah to because do with. it's like theoretically this is how I feel. Right, right, you right, know? right. And, and and at that point, you're just talking to some sort of core value and core sense of, yeah. of self and community and Americanism. And you're not changing that mind. And if you, you know, if you have an issue, if you have an opinion about our policy, our trade policy with China, because it's going to affect what happens in your industry or at the factory right. where you work, that is one thing. Yeah. If you have a really strong opinion about what is happening at the Southern California border or the capital of Israel. Right. And you live in Kansas, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And couldn't find America on a map. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then it's, it, that's just a very interesting thing. And, and it, I think if Donald Trump's proven anything is that um, the pull of that stuff is perhaps even greater than the pull of practical And that's what shit. he understood yeah. before anybody else did and was like, I'm just going to go with that. And it worked. Yeah. All right. The, but I do want to make a point about what your, your point about the being uh, if you make all bad bad, then, yeah. then there's no a very specific example of that. And I could get even more specific than this, but I can't think of one right now. But I hate it when. Uh, liberals take a Trump joke that is a joke because mm-hmm. he does make jokes. People say he doesn't joke. He says he doesn't joke, but then he jokes. When you take a jo- when he tells a joke, and they get just as mad about the joke as something that he's actually doing or being serious about, it's like, yo, just let let the jokes go because 
that if you're saying even the jokes are just as bad, this guy is the most powerful guy in the world. So if he's going to do a policy thing or an executive order, yeah. get mad about that. Right. But if he is actually joking about something, yes, it's indicative that he's an asshole. But let's not all just lump all that shit together because then, you know. Well, yeah, you can't take everything to the nth degree or else you're the boy who cried wolf and you're yeah. so easily parodied. And, 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 and um, you know, let's face it, he and his base feast on liberal outrage. Yeah, yeah. I posted a thing on my Instagram yesterday. I was at a Chinese 99, I'm sorry, Japanese 99 cent store and I saw um, it was two decks of cards and it said double Trump. And it also had some like weird exclamation uh-huh. that was like, Yahoo or whatever. <laughs> And, and I just posted it because it was just a funny looking deck of cards and I just had to write something. So I said, um, thanks, I think I'm good with just the one Trump. Uh, and some guy had to give me uh, a baby and a bottle and oh, crying God. stuff. And it's like, that's it just goes to show you how the... the uh, bottomless appetite for liberal outrage yeah. from the other So that's other what I'm side. saying. Stop getting out. We got to stop getting outraged at his jokes because it's it's making us look like pussies. And it's like right. And stop getting outraged at things that are like, well, yeah. I mean, fuck. I don't like it, but it's like defensible because yeah. there's so much shit that is just so completely blatantly let's just stick to the shit that's evil. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like if you're if you uh, they say that about lawyers. If you're pr- prosecuting a murder case and you have you know three smoking guns so to speak and then seven other things that are like pretty strong you don't bring up the seven other things no, just don't bring them you up. muddy the water you yeah. just stick to the smoking guns and and then like and this thing with him separating kids from their parents to to teach immigrants a I lesson i haven't even that's... bothered digging into okay it. well it's evil and cruel yeah that's something mm-hmm. that we should be very upset about and if you said that's if you just stuck to something like that and yeah. you didn't get into the the hair and the you know the jokes and the everything else and like that he's just an obnoxious jerk and whatever if you ignored all that and you just posted every day this is what this guy is doing he's separating children from their parents so that people won't immigrate to the country I think the snowflake people, the people that call us snowflakes, would have a much harder time being like, you're outraged over nothing. It's like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? If we just stuck to that. Well, they shouldn't have come here in the first place, (laughs) Julie. I mean, it's just so easy. It's fun to be like, because I have to think about this a lot being on another radio show that talks to a really broad audience. It's like, no, there's no way you could defend this. And you start to get good at like, no, I know what they'll say. I know what they'll say. Oh, I didn't think that they would go, no, you got a good point. Let's get this guy out of office. But the. But I think they would stop with the liberal tears stuff. Mm. You know, they'd say mm. then they'd have to they'd be oh, forced no. into a, the corner of just being racist and being like, we have the greatest country in the world. We say it all the time, but we don't want them here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you just have to say that. And that's fine. Now yeah. we know where we are. Yeah. Where does it say that we wanted uh, the tired and the poor and the huddled masses yearning to be free? I don't recall. Uh, I don't recall that being on the record. Was anywhere that? substantial? No. I would think that was probably somewhere in Berkeley. I think that was a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> <laughs> Did people um, think you were gay too when you were a teenager? Uh, yes, yes, or Beavis. But uh, I got Beavis a lot when I was a kid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had high blonde hair and terrible teeth, and yeah. But um, the yeah, I got yeah, I got gay all the time. I mean, it's South Jersey. You're gay if you, you know, wear a light colored shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, or show weakness. Yeah, so if, yeah. <laughs> if you like have a feeling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're not supposed to do that. So I used to gravitate. I didn't have like a lot of friends, and I, I hung out with the popular kids for like six months, and I was like, I this is the saddest I've ever felt. So then I just you find your people, and I was able to find a couple of dudes. You know, I had a heart to heart with how old your daughter? Four. She'll I, be five 
in a month, so she's almost five. So yeah, you're in you're in the, the pretty much the same range that I'm in. My kid is six, and we went to Disneyland over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And his favorite thing there is this Star Tours thing. It's like a simulated Disney um, yeah. Star Wars flying spaceship thing. And we were on it for like our eleventh time of the day, and it was mm-hmm. the last one. And fucking, I'm gonna say it because fuck these kids. Marshall High School got on with us, uh-huh. and they were just the worst. Why, don't, why have I heard of them? Um, I think, were they in the news? N- n- um, are you thinking? Of, was there? A, oh no, I'm thinking of Marshall, like from the movie. Is that like Remember the Titans? Or was some that shit? a high school basketball yeah, team or something, something, something like that? Yeah. Anyway, not that's not same, what we're talking not about. Same, okay, not the same right. kids. Um, I don't believe. And they uh, they were obviously the were cool they wearing kids. shirts? How'd you know they were from Marshall High School? Oh, oh, thank you for asking, Julian. Because every <laughs> couple of seconds, somebody went Marshall. Oh God, I had no pride in my school. That's how you know I wasn't a jerk off. And they were just. <laughs> And I was so proud of my son. There's a couple of moments. I mean, everybody's proud of their kid, whatever. But you have a handful of things where you're like, you're a good egg. You're turning out okay. Where we left. And he's like, I did not like those kids. And I was like, thank you for giving me the opening to lecture you so loudly about them that they can hear me. Ah, good for you. And just like, you're always going to find, I was like, hey man, you're going to go through life and you're going to, there's going to be groups of people. You're you're in kindergarten. There's groups of friends. And there's always going to be a group of friends who are like, actually funny and the mm-hmm. jokes that they laugh at are things that are funny and when things aren't funny they don't just laugh anyway right and they're not mean to people and they're not fucking stupid right and they don't girls don't feel the need to scream constantly right. yeah. on a ride that's designed for five-year-olds because yeah. that's the, the weird social pressure that they feel to, uh, to do that God. and um if you ever feel like you're maybe falling in with a crowd that's wrong you, you know because they do the kinds of things those kids were just doing on that yeah follow that fucking instinct and yeah don't remember this friends, moment don't ever be friends with those people and i know i think it might have sunk that's in. what happened i feel like in high school i i, I went to a, a little too long with those guys and it, it really hurt my soul because uh, they were how's, how's they were that? not good people and i was like i i just enjoyed the fact that i wasn't on the outside anymore mm-hmm. and then i just couldn't take it anymore i mean my dad's too good a dude but at that point it was just me and him and i just couldn't really feel like i could look him in the eye hanging out with these kids oh wow so i just stopped and they weren't like they weren't like uh, scary or thuggish. They were like the popular white dudes, yeah. you know. And they were just constantly looking to fight. They were. It was everything. Everybody was gay. Everything. You know what I mean? It was awful. And um, Dave Matthews was great. You know those guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it, 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 I remember that was a painful moment. And I, I I like stopped hanging out with my best friend to go hang out with those guys. Oh, that God. kind of thing. And then yeah. when I came back, I mean, my tail was fucking between my legs, big time. I felt so stupid. I did one of those one time. I feel I still feel badly about it to this day. My, my regrets are, I mean, really, I, I've had a few and and really too few to mention. There, I'm I'm happy to say I'd had you know, knock on wood, I haven't had that tragic you uh-huh. know, thing. But something that still like every time I think of it, I go. Mm-hmm. Is I remember one time. So in New York, it was very easy for uh, I was going to bars. First of all, I didn't know you grew up on the Upper East Side. Uh, I'm from New Jersey, but I went to high school in Manhattan. I oh, took okay. A, I took a, a I, I commuted in, and we went to bars mm-hmm. like from the time I was 15. We wow. Went, we went. This is David Dinkins, New York, baby. Yeah. You know, anything goes. You were the least of their problems at that point. It was 15 year olds getting drunk. Uh, uh, we the there was the seminal moment in sophomore year of high school. We're at a bar on the Upper East Side, an Irish bar, um, on St. Patrick's Day, and it's eight deep at the bar. Oof. And my I'm behind my friend, and my friend is behind a cop. And the cop turns around and looks at my friend and goes, what do you need? 
<gasps> wow. It was fucking bonkers, dude. Wow. Like, that's I awesome. was there and I still don't believe that this was that, real. That's crazy. And then Giuliani came in and it actually got harder to get into bars when I was 19 than it had been when I was 16. Oh, yeah. Because they, you know, the broken windows and what have right. you. And there was one time that we, I, I, we were going to a, a bar and I was talking to one of my like Grateful Dead loving tape mm-hmm. trading fans. Yeah. And, the we, gentle kids. <laughs> and we got and we got to the bar and I had a fake ID and he didn't and I just kind of played dumb and everybody went into the bar with their fake oh, ID. Oh, you left him I, out there? And I followed. Yeah, and to Aww. this day, like, what a fucking asshole yeah. I was. I don't, I don't, yeah, that's And sometimes that's I rough. feel like, um, did you ever see that episode of Louie where uh, he goes to apologize to Mark Maron? And um, there's a very s- s- small no. thing you wouldn't, and, and he goes to, and he apologizes for something that happened in the past. And, was and, it for jerking off in front of Mark Maron? <laughs> I don't believe it was. I think he got consent on that. Okay. And, <laughs> um, and um, Maron goes, okay, are you done? And Louis goes, yeah. And he goes, you've already apologized to me for this. You just don't oh, fucking remember. And I'm, and I'm getting to that point in my life where I want to apologize for things that but, I did as a teenager. And I'm afraid they're going to be like, do you know you've gotten drunk and done this like seven times oh. to me? <laughs> well... That's the problem with me is I've definitely gotten drunk and done everything seven times already. Yeah. So I don't, you know, uh, the, yeah, I, I think that's uh, sweet that you still remember that. I don't think bad people remember shit like that. No, 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 no. The Catholic guilt thing worked on me for mm. sure. That's good. Was Julian a tough name to have as a kid? Yes. Yeah, I got you. Because it's cool I mean, now. You know, it's funny. Yeah, it's fine now. Well, now I hear it, it's like shouted in playgrounds all the time. Exactly. And I'm like, how does this person know me? Uh, the... You know, kids will find anything. They latch onto literally anything. Yeah. And they used to call, like, even just calling me, well, Julia or Juliet was like the, the joke. Oh, it was like, burn. it's yeah. a girl's name. It also didn't help that on roll call, a lot of times the N was cut off on the first day of school. So, and we were new because my last name McCullough is so long. So they'd always, be, the teacher would be like, Jul, doing roll call first day, Julie yeah. McCullough. And I got to be like, here, you know, and then, oh, for, yeah. and then I'm a woman for the rest of my life. Uh, but they used to. I remember it was so dumb. They like kids just want to be mean. It doesn't even matter if the joke makes sense. You know what I mean? They're like, but my intentions mean, so you get it. You know? They're like, they used to call me Julius Caesar. I'm like, he was a ruler. Why are we get? Why am I getting made fun of for this? You know what I mean? So yeah. But uh, yeah, it was tough. I think it it certainly made a big impact on my personality as a kid because I was always on the defensive, and so the comebacks and the sarcasm was like there right away. Yeah, I swear to God, this fucking special of yours, it's very funny, but it, I saw you as a much more like vulnerable human being. Cause I, ex- I was my, trying to do that with this special, because well, my it, comedy it was very uh, cutting for the first like 10 years <laughs> that I did stand-up. Or maybe not, but like five to seven years. Yeah, It was very, like, I had a wall up, and I was like, I'm going to kill. And then I... You know, you get older and you're like, but people want to remember who you are. They don't want to remember that you won in the crowd. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, do you think people actively know that? No, I think they sense it. I mm-hmm. think the people that get as big as the, that get big, and I'm not trying to get as famous as possible. I'm trying to make money, but I'm not trying to get as famous as possible. Yeah, but you may as well shoot for yeah. stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the people. I've always thought that the comics that that people remember and love are ones that you feel like you got something out from. You actually saw them. You see yeah, who they are. Right. And I think that a lot of comics um, don't show you who they are. And then people are like, that guy was so funny. What was his name? You get a lot of those. Yeah, that is, that's a really interesting, good point. 
Um, and now that doesn't mean you have to do personal material per se. Yeah. Because some people have the talent to show you who they are without doing personal material. You know, like David Tell, for example, I don't think he's ever written a personal joke in his life. But we all know exactly who David Tell is. Not exactly, but I mean, you know what I mean? People remember his name. They know, they feel like they know him. Yeah, there's just that charisma is a part of it and they're kind of like related, but it's not quite the same thing. I just know going to little comedy shows, people who, um, especially if it's one where nobody's big. Because if one big person goes up at a show, that's the memorable part of the night. But when it's just six whoever people... Yeah, some people are up there doing an act, mm-hmm. and some people are kind of up there, like, putting their uniqueness on display Yeah, in a way that they almost don't even have to be as... The jokes don't definitely don't need to be as good as the super clever, super polished person to be the the memorable person. Yeah, they just have to be memorable. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think that the... <sighs> There's also an, a, a brand of because it there, it is a uh, a soup. It's a mixture. It's a stew of what makes people stand out and stand up. I think, and it's so it's not just being personal or having them remember you. You're right. It's a little bit of charisma. You got to have some charisma. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me the people that try to be stand up comics that have literally zero charisma and no idea that when pe- when they get up there, people don't want to hear what they have to say, no matter what. You know, it's like it's. I don't want to say it's sad because nobody makes you do stand up, but like. You know, some people just don't have presence. You know what I mean? But most of the people that try it do have some. Mm-hmm. And some of them have tons of it. Yeah. You know? Um, so you need personality, pr- uh, charisma, all of it. Good jokes. The whole thing. You need a package of stuff. Jokes but, help. But there are people that um, try to be over... Have you seen this? Where they're so personal that it's almost like its own kind of armor. It's like, I'm going to show you everything that's wrong with me right away. Yeah. And now you know him. It's like, no, that kind of feels aggressive in a way that's like, you're you're hiding something by giving us everything kind of thing. Does that make sense? I know, I know what you mean. Um, they overdo it. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a... A thing that I never liked that has really taken off in the culture and really in um, in comedy, uh, which is just the the obsession with self and the yeah. assumption that everybody is is Cares. interested in all of the the nooks and crannies of you as you are. Yeah. Without giving I me- was a little paranoid about that with this special. I'm like am I talking about myself too much and I want to do more like social commentary stuff, but I don't think yeah. you should do social commentary until you've lived a bit. Well, I think it's really big difference between I don't I, I would never say that I don't go to a show and I ever go, well, well now, what percentage of it was just the person talking about themselves? Because yeah. to me, it's apples and oranges. If you're going to talk about how you know, your family had a post office Jeep mm-hmm. and this is what it was like being a kid when that was the family vehicle, that's about you. Yeah. But when it's just like, when I'm in a relationship, I need the person that I'm dating yes. to be like this. And it's like, I know. why it's like- do, why do I care about, this is this is a boring diary. Right. With occasional punchlines. Like, yes. You I to try give... to stay aware of that big yeah. time because I, I can't stand that either. You. It's like, I why, why would any of us care that you can't, like, this is why you can't sleep? Unless you think yeah. it's a common problem and none of us can sleep because of it, <laughs> then we're getting somewhere. Or it's so unusual that this is hilarious. Look at this Look at this yeah. freak on display and they're aware of how funny they are. I mean, ultimately, given everything <sighs> I just said, the biggest trump card, no offense in the whole, no, you know, not to sound annoying, but the biggest trump card of the whole game is, is great jokes. I mean, if you have great jokes it's gonna be okay. yeah oh, oh and, and you can do absolutely you can pull off absolutely anything that if, yeah that's the kind of 
bad that uh, one of my least favorite kinds. Yeah, of bad. is it not, you know what's weird? You know what's weird about me? Like that when I hear yeah. that, I'm like, I just zone out. It's selfie comedy. It is. It's so annoying. Uh, but yeah, great jokes, trumpet. But there, you know, I've seen guys with great jokes that people don't remember because they don't have any of the rest of it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's tough. It's hard to. It's like who knows what it what it is that gets people to just you know blow up. It's it's a it's a weird combination. Yeah, it's definitely a weird stew. I think it makes a lot more sense in music than it does in comedy. Because I I've heard um Ian Bag the comedian's been mm-hmm. on here and I I think he said this on air that he always thinks of comedians blowing up being like popcorn. You throw all the kernels in the oil mm-hmm. and who knows why this one pops and the other one doesn't. Oh, okay. And it obviously takes a tremendous amount of time, talent, skill, charisma, yeah. presence, jokes, Off stage work. Yeah. To get yourself. In the oil, right? But then, who's the person that pops? Is is kind of anybody's guess, and that I guess that's been my experience. Is mm-hmm. there are people who are pretty big, and I'm like, yeah, they're fine. They're yeah, totally. I can't think of anybody who's who's humongous and respected that I think is terrible. Right. But I can think of a ton that I think are just as good as ten other people. Yeah, exactly. You know? That that part is true. And then there's there's the handful, of course, that everyone sees, and they're like, oh, that guy should be the biggest. Like, oh, yeah. like John Mulaney, for example, is like. No one ever thought, even from day one, I don't think he ever had a bad joke. It's like so bizarre. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast with him this morning about writing a joke and why he didn't think it worked initially and uh-huh. how he got it to to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. What podcast was that? Uh, it's called Good One. It's, oh, isn't that Vulture a, a, or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those... Um, it, you know what was very funny about it is he was talking about how the joke had started off being for alt audiences who were very forgiving mm-hmm. with long premises and uh-huh. what have you and that he started doing it in front of like paying crowds and he had to you know get some snap in the frankfurter right. yeah and, and <laughs> i don't think that's the phrase he used although he might it's have very it sounds Mulaney, like yeah it, it does sound like an old timey phrase it does, i've never it, heard it before i love it i just made it up but it does sound like somebody who'd be wearing uh you just r- made it up red and white stripes yeah you made up snap in the frankfurter well, I mean, I the the concept that that is something that makes a good hot dog yeah. is not something that I made up. Oh, okay. Extending it as a metaphor, I'm going to take, yeah, take, take credit it. for- take it. Get t-shirts. <laughs> and it was funny because Mulaney is saying on, I'll name it because I fucking hate this shit, and I wanted to listen to the podcast because I heard good things about it, and that NPR style that, oh, is translated, just, that is translated to podcasting just- I think I tried to listen to that one too one time, and I was like, nope, fucking, can't do it. Fucking kills me yeah. because he's saying to the guy who hosts the show- in the rooms where I started, if you seemed too prepared or seemed like you were trying, that was a deal breaker. Yeah. And that, and that doesn't translate once you get in front of real ro- um, real rooms, to which the host replies, oh, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's, mm, that's uh, that reminds me of this thing that I oh, heard you on. It's just like, that is also a style, Ira Glass. I know. Your fucking not style is a style. Oh, that's so And funny. he just shit on it, and you are too dumb to realize, that, to make the connection. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess you don't, nobody really makes a living in the alt rooms, whereas tons of people are making millions of dollars doing that style of radio and podcasting, so. Fuck I me. guess, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he he put the, he put that perfectly in terms of the alt thing, mm-hmm. whatever. And I had to. I learned the reverse because I started at a comedy club in New Jersey, uh, North Jersey, which called one? the Stress Factory in New yeah. Brunswick. It's about an hour south of the city, uh-huh. and uh, you know that those crowds were like, you know, you, if you didn't, if you weren't hitting every five to ten seconds, like they were, they were looking around or starting to get mad at you. You know what I mean? So like that, that's what I came up in for don't the first bore us, five show years. Us the chorus, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, and then 
when I got to New York, half the shows I were doing, I mean, I got into the cellar, which was great, you know, and that was, that was more of a club scenario, like the penultimate, really. I mean, the ultimate club scenario in a good way. Um, and so that style still worked there. They want jokes. Uh, if you tried alt shit at the cellar, they were like, why am I paying you? You are ta- you're getting to this idea the way I would get to this idea. <laughs> but right. if you go to the, when I used to go to like Rafifi or like what those rooms were back then. It's precisely the one that Melania name dropped. If I learned the hard way, cause I didn't know that. And I went in and I did my act and they just, st- I could feel like contempt. And I was like, what is going on? I had to watch and learn that like, you have to hide your joke. You have to act like you just thought. I was like, you know how I put it. I mean, he put it great. The way I learned and, and put it in my own words is, in the in the comedy clubs, they want to hear the joke, and in the alt rooms, they want to hear what you were thinking when you thought of that joke. Right. They want to hear the whole process. Walk me through the process. Show of arriving your work at your humor. Yes, and act like it just happened today. Yeah. And I've seen comics. One in particular would go so far. As to do polished material, because I know it was polished because I've seen it for a year now. Yeah. But take out a piece of paper and act like he was reading it and trying to remember it to so that they would think that he was like Now, is he doing that to, to prove some, some point to himself about fuck you to the crowd or is he just doing that to – No, he's doing that to pander because the alt crowds want to yeah. think that you're just – Right. You, that you thought of this idea today and you're working it out on them and they're I helping know. you workshop it. That's what that's really what's going on. Yeah. And they don't like any polish. And so something that is polished, he would depolish by acting like he was reading it off a notebook that he just wrote today. I get it because I've done, I've done shows like yeah, but that. but it's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I I know that I do know the instinct. I, I don't think I've ever really put it in these terms. Where if a show is small enough, it uh-huh. feels very, very, very weird to do polished yes, stuff. Yes, that's true. And Absolutely. now I'm I'm writing and I'm polishing, and all I'm thinking of is doing this for a crowd. And now you're talking to twelve people, nine of whom are comedians just waiting for yeah. their turn. And no, it that's feels different. So fucking weird. But I did it last night. I start deconstructing my shit yeah. on, on and 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 doing crowd work and working my way in. Crowd work is a very strong way of putting. It. I start talking to people, yeah, and then getting back into my bit because it does feel oh, very I, very. I found my own style of dealing with this problem because <laughs> yeah. the ultimate thing you want to be able to do is kill in both rooms equally. That's yeah, the idea, I, I, I would, and you want to like do that. it as yourself and not like you're lying or like putting on a. Th- I mean, I know it's show business, but still, it's like you want to be as or- organic and authentic as possible to who you are, no matter what room you're in. There's a Venn diagram. There's got to be an overlap between what the audience wants and what you actually want, and you're yeah. living in that overlap. And as right. long as you're doing that, I don't consider it selling out. It's selling out when you are completely outside of the circle of things you personally like and you personally are exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So developing into a comedian that can do both rooms equally, which is Mulaney, and uh, I like to think at some as well as I can do myself, you know, I, I figured out a way to do it. And it, I do incorporate, I do talk to the crowd during a premise of a joke. Right. Because, because I'm able to, if I have a joke, I know where I'm going with it. I'll get somebody's opinion on a premise first, see what they think, make that funny for a second, then bring it back to what I'm doing or what I was going to do anyway. And it, it becomes a little bit more of a conversation rather than... You know, yeah. I'm here reciting jokes to nine people. Yeah, well, I know that all too well. <laughs> so you're a music guy in the last couple of minutes that remain yep. to us, um, and I guess music central to your family. Dad's a jazz guy. Yeah, he was. Well, he was. He's a guitar 
he plays guitar and um, writes oh. songs, and he's brilliant. He's like a, I don't know if you're familiar with like, but he's like a Nick Drake type, where it's like mm-hmm. he he'll write this amazing song, like and truly, and I've I've listened to everything, and he writes some amazing songs, and he will not play them for people, like he he just won't. He'll, he'll play. He's he's recorded a few in his house. He lives in the mountains in the middle of nowhere in North okay. Carolina. He'll record a few, and I have a couple on my phone that. I was able to like you know ex- extract from him. He knows that you have them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yes, but he won't like. He he just doesn't feel comfortable like sitting and playing for people, and he just won't do it. That's the kind of integrity I'm up against when I'm like trying to, and you know, like I have a is it integrity? I have a fucking billboard on Sunset, and I'm embarrassed because if my dad saw it, he'd be like, "What do you need a billboard?" You know what I mean? Is it in, is it integrity or is it something else? It's probably as I get older, I realize it's probably it's it's a lot of things, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, uh, what are your stages of music? Because I feel like you and I have followed a very similar path of yeah, music so. loving. So Genesis. What? It, it, I love. Phil, Phil I do Collins. like Genesis. Yeah, so good. I love Genesis. Have you seen clips? I, I wanted to go to his last tour, and it's tough, man. Phil, oh, Phil, really? Phil it's not good. I got. He, he can't stand up. No, He's, really. He, he leans on a stool most of the time. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I heard, and I heard it's expensive to go to Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to go to that. But I did a lot of research before I went to Guns N' Roses because I was like, I'm not paying four hundred dollars, and then it's going, and then Axel can't sing, and it. I, I cried like a baby. It was so good. I feel like. In with, it's they just can't compare them to anything else because they're their own thing. Old, old fake Guns N' Roses, and to me, the new one is still fake Guns N' Roses yeah. until Izzy and at least Steven Adler for a couple songs. Or I, well, he did come out for, at the Dodger Stadium shows. Okay, that's yeah. cool. That's cool, and it's tough for me because but I, Izzy is the soul of the band. Yeah, yeah, I. There's a lot of things that I don't like about where that band went, uh, you know, by the User Illusion era, but Matt Sorum is is up there. And it's not his fault. Matt Sorum is great at being Matt Sorum. Sure. I just think he was the wrong choice for the group. Me so too. I don't know that it would necessarily make me happier to have Matt Sorum back there. And I don't right. why is he why is he not? I feel like that's never even been a conversation. I don't know. Is it just I thought a money he did. Thing? I thought he was touring with them, no? Is he? I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm, remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's I don't know who was drumming, I don't remember. Right, right. But the the last fake Guns N' Roses, I saw them one time where they were fucking phenomenal. They're always phenomenal. It's just Axel. Axel was phenomenal. Yeah. He just seemed like he'd become the master of you don't know what Axel you're getting on uh-huh. a given night. And it's weird that I haven't heard that about this incarnation. I feel like he's been the best Axel he is able to be in the I think present day. He must night. have made some decision in himself that he was like, I'm going to actually do this and I'm not going to be a bitch about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be Guns N' Roses. On, you think he used to go out on stage sometimes saying, fuck it, I'm just going to suck singing? No, I think, no, I don't think that. I think he would get angry about, I think he had a lot of demons, and I think in his personal life he would make decisions that would make his singing, that would affect his singing. But I just will say, and I've, 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 I have a lot of, I like a lot of different music, and I don't think Guns N' Roses is the greatest band of all time, but in 1986 they probably were. Yeah, no, you're not going to get any argument from from me. I think I've cooled a little bit on them over the years, but uh... when I watch old clips of them, like in LA in '86 and early '87, it's there's just not. It's like to me, it's like oh, that's where we were going with with rock and roll this whole time, and then they did it, and yeah. then after that, we didn't need to do it that way anymore. There was never going to be that combination of talent and danger, and you know, mean, yeah. and meaning it. You know what I mean? Hair metal was going to die all on its own, but there is something. It's it's very similar to what Bob Marley did to reggae, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sure reggae fans would disagree with me. Come at me for this, <laughs> and come at you for Jillian for the racial stuff. Come yeah, at me for yeah. Bob Marley. It's like when somebody just nails it. It's like I guess we don't really need to try. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Hey, I have to let you go. We're out of time. Uh, thank you, buddy. No problem. This was great. Julian McCullough, Maybe I'm a Man. Your special debuts June 8th on Comedy Central. You're at Clusterfest in San Francisco next weekend. Mm-hmm. You are at Jules Mac on social media? Yep. Cool. 